Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come and we do adore you. We come and gather as your people to hear your word proclaimed. So Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So we are week two of our Advent series, Protagonist, and, and Richard, I'm going to tell on Richard, Richard, uh, before worship, he said, I, I had to look up what protagonist meant. I go, really? Richard David had to look up what, what word protagonist meant. Protagonist means the main character in the story. So we know who the main character of the story of Christmas is, and that is Jesus, Jesus. And we come today to, to continue to, to wait on Jesus. I'm going to call on Mike Stringfellow, too. He, he came up to me and said, so, Pastor Chris, are, are, we, are we awaiting Christmas or are we awaiting the second coming? And my answer to him was, yes, <laughs> we are. We're, we're awaiting both. Advent started out as remembering and waiting for the second coming, and then Christmas wrapped into that because as we celebrate the second coming of Christ, we also celebrate the first coming of Christ, how he came as a baby to live as one of us, to become the protagonist of the story, the, the, the ultimate for, for all that we do as followers of Jesus Christ or followers of the way, as they said in scriptures. Matt Leroy, he uh, wrote a study book that some of us are doing and in between Sunday school, in between services during Sunday school, I'm leading through uh, his study in Wesley Hall. So if you haven't joined us, you are more than welcome to come over and join us today. Uh, but w he, he started this study, and he talked about a quote from the writer C.S. Lewis. A and the quote that he talked about was that, you know, the one thing about Shakespeare, C.S. Lewis said this, the one thing about Shakespeare is that Hamlet, one of Shakespeare's most famous characters, had no idea who William Shakespeare was. But, but Shakespeare knew everything about Hamlet. See, see, that's the advantage of being the author of the story. You know everything about the characters in the story, but the only way that the characters in the story know who the author is is if the author takes time to write himself into the story. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is a time where, where the author of all creation wrote himself into the story so that we may fully know who he is, how, how he loves us, how he cares for us, 
how he's not this, this mean judge that is waiting to condemn us for, for anything and everything we do, but he opens his arms wide for us. And he died on a cross so that we may have life and have life abundantly. This, this God-man, Jesus Christ, did not come just to exist on the earth, but he came so that we may come to know him, to experience our life with him being a part of that life. That brings us to our scripture today. Our scripture, where remember we last week I said that we're going to be spending the time of Advent in the book of Isaiah, which is the really the soundtrack of the, the Christmas story. And our scripture for today comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have the words on the screen for you to follow along with as well. Hear the word of the Lord. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way to the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our scripture today gives us a commission. Our scripture gives us a task that, that we are a part to do, but, but there's something very important when we think about this task that we have to do, is that this task cannot be done by us. We, we are not capable of doing this commission but this commission is something that God has invited us to participate in within this Advent season and within the rest of our life it's, it's the very first word of our scripture today and that word is comfort comfort when I hear the word comfort I, I, it's a word that, that kind of gives me a little hug because I know what comfort means. One of the, the first images that I have of comfort comes uh, was around uh, Christmas time when I was growing up. I remember uh, we had uh, the entire Bell family over to our house at 1012 Sunset, uh, that's a, where we live right now, 1017 East 20th Street in Hutchinson, Kansas. And we had a full basement. Uh, we had uh, five or six cousins that were downstairs making all of this noise. And uh, we had parents and uncles and aunts upstairs. And all of a sudden, we lost power. Nothing 
So the little kids, not, not, not us big kids, but the little kids, they start yelling and screaming, and we hear the parents start coming down, and, and, and they, they bring us upstairs, and it, it's still about 8 o'clock at night, so it's dark enough outside, so we can't really see anything inside the house. So, so mom and dad, they, they struggle around, and they, they try to pick out candles and everything. So at 8 o'clock at night, it's almost time for bedtime anyway, so we get ushered off to bed. And, and we get extra blankets to, to cover up to make sure that we're nice and warm for the evening and everything. And, and we went to bed, and the next thing that I remember was I started to smell something, and it was good. Let me, let me, let me clarify that. It was a good smell. It, it, it was bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sunday morning, before we went off to church, Mom was making biscuits and gravy with her awesome bacon grease gravy oh it was so good and and it was something that even when I think about it it brings me comfort because it helps me to remember those times that when when things didn't seem quite right mom was always there with her biscuits and gravy to to help us feel that warmth and comfort again. So much so, I remember having my mom teach me how to make the biscuits and gravy, and then I realized, man, that is one of the most unhealthiest meals that anybody could ever eat. Just a bunch of grease, a bunch of flour, and a bunch of milk, that's it. it, but, But it is so, so good. The Israelites are in captivity. When we get to Isaiah chapter 40, we, we begin a, a new phase in the Israelites' life. They, they were home in Israel, and they started to, to worry and, and chase after these other kingdoms that were out there. And see, what the other kingdoms wanted, they wanted to have control and power over Israel. So, so, so they made it look all nice for them, but Isaiah warned them about what it was that those kingdoms were trying to do. And when the Babylonian Empire came in and, and, and took over Israel, the, the Israelites went into exile in Babylon. Not really a great picture to think about being taken from your homeland and place in somewhere else where, where all of your traditions, all of your, your past, all of that is totally gone. And I'm almost guaranteeing that there was no way that biscuits and gravy could be made to make that situation feel any better. But Isaiah understands and sees what is happening with the life of the Israelites. And, and he starts having these conversations with God. And God says, I am going to take care of the people Israel. And I want you to be the mouthpiece to let them know that that even in the midst of this exile, even in the midst of this wilderness, I will be there for them. Fast forward several hundred years. There's a man who is out in the wilderness and he's dressed in, in... animal cloths and he's eating locusts and honey and he's just a wild man if you will and he's talking and sharing the exact same words to the people 
of Israel who are being held captive by the Romans, that I'm preparing a way for, for someone to come and that someone will set you free and that person, Jesus Christ, has been setting us free even today. Comfort means a whole lot more than biscuits and gravy. Com comfort gives us a picture. If we really take a look at the Hebrew word for comfort, it speaks to those who have suffered, who have been captive, who have been put in exile, who have lost loved ones and who have lost freedoms. The comfort comes from God. And the comfort gives strength to those who are in need of strength and gives security, hope joy, self-love, all of these type of things are assurances that are given to God, to the people who are in exile, and, and we hold on to those promises because we know that God gives them graciously to us. We take a look from Isaiah 40 all the way through the end to Isaiah 66. There are many, many more words of hope that I wanted to share with you today or comfort that I wanted to share with you today. Isaiah 49, 13, the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his suffering ones. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. Isaiah 51, 3, the Lord will comfort Zion, will comfort all her waste places, Joy and gladness will be found in her. What, 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 what God is saying here is that I will come and I will find where you are. I will be the one that gives you comfort. But he doesn't end there. He continues in Isaiah 51, 12. I, this isn't Isaiah's talking here. This isn't, Pastor Chris talking here. This is God talking here. I am the one who will comfort you. Isaiah 52, 9, the Lord has comforted the Lord's people. The Lord has redeemed Jerusalem. And then I think one of my favorite ones is from Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So, so not, I'll go ahead and hold that up there if you don't mind, Austin. Looking at that very last pa passage, it is saying that, that you will be comforted just as a mother comforts a child. A and I love seeing mothers comfort little children as they're, they're crying or wanting help or or wanting need. It is such a, a glorious and, and beautiful image. But, but see, God doesn't just leave the children being comforted by their mothers. It gives a promise that they will be comforted in Jerusalem. What that means is that you will be brought back. You, you will be back in my presence, and I will hold you, and you will be in your homeland once again so that's the promise that we have in advent that promise reminds us that that we will be back in the homeland once again or back in the kingdom of god where god's reign and rule is in effect and active and alive in our lives and nothing nothing 
can take that away from us. I know that it is easy to be caught up in the wilderness. It's easy to, to take a look at, at the, the strife and the discomfort and all of those things that are happening to us and think that this is the, all that I have and all that I must live for. But the message of Advent, the message of the, the, the manger, the message of the cross and the message of the empty tomb are words that reminds us that you do not live in the wilderness, but you live in Christ. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will move you forward in a way where you fully live within his comfort and within his care. So you may be asking, well, so what does that have to do with us? This is the best part. That even though why God is the one who gives us comfort, the commissioning that I told you about at the beginning of the sermon was that we are now commissioned to share that comfort with the world around us. That's our task. We have that ability to be a part of comfort givers to those around us. Last week, we had a woman come into the office and, and, and she was pretty distraught because she was close to being kicked out of her home. And she had a quite large amount to be paid on her rent and uh, Diane walked into my office and told me about it and, and, and I hate to admit it I have to admit it because Diane's here and she'll tell on me. But when Diane came in my office, I was like, you know, let's, let's let Michelle deal with it. Michelle will be back. Let, let her handle it. And Diane just looked at me as Diane can look at you. And I, I was like, okay, let me come out and talk to her. And I, I sat down and she had a friend with her and she was telling me her story. And she's somebody who hasn't come in before. I don't think we've helped her at all before. But, but hearing her story, hearing her angst, her worry, her fear, I knew that we could not, as uh, our Crooked House Fund, we, we have guidelines set up for that. We, we couldn't take care of the entire amount. And I don't think we even had enough money in the Crooked House Fund to take care of the full amount. But... Thanks to the relationships I have with other pastors in our community, I had no problem calling up them and saying, hey, we're going to help out this lady who, who's getting ready to be kicked out of her house by the 15th. Can you help? And I said, this is what we're going to do. And another church said, well, this is what we'll do. And another church said, this is what we'll do. And guess what? That woman has comfort knowing that that debt will be paid. Knowing that she doesn't have to worry about being set out of her home, but she can do what she can to make life better for her. But it's the comfort that the church was able to give in order that was able to make a difference in her life so that she can live free 
Now, we don't know what will happen next month or the month after that. We don't even know what will happen next month for us. But we do know that God calls us in a specific time and in a specific place that we can then give comfort to those in need. Another quick story. I have received a Facebook message from a friend from high school who's just lost her dad, and she uh, knows that I come to the sanctuary and I do a Wednesday noon prayer, which is open for anybody who is around, would like to come and spend time in prayer. There's no agenda or no uh, service or anything like that. It's just people come and they pray. And she said, Chris, I, I, I just lost my dad, I'm, well, my, my mom, I, and I, I just feel tired and anxious and, and I just need prayer. And so I prayed over her, over, over Messenger, and, and I asked the question, do you have a counselor? And she said, well, I did, but my insurance ran out. And so I, I, I can't afford to go see a counselor anymore. And I said, well, guess what? We have a counseling service here that uses our church and they do virtual counseling. Let me get you connected with them. And I was able to get her connected with Aaron and, and you know, I, I haven't followed up with how things are going, but you know, she, she was so grateful, but she was also so worried that she was taking advantage of a pastor. I said, no, that's what God does. God said and knew that you needed comfort, so you reached out to me, and I have some way to help pass that comfort on to you so that you can receive healing at this time. That's what it means to be people of Jesus, people of the way. We, we open our eyes around us in the midst of the wilderness that is around our church, the wilderness that is inside of our lives, and we say, God, how can we partner with you to give comfort to those who are in need? How can we help bring people out of the wilderness and, and help them to move along the way of Jesus Christ so that they may experience and live life to the full because of who Jesus is. In spite of of the wilderness. When we follow the way and the truth and the life of Jesus Christ, we can experience God's comfort. And then we can share that comfort with others around us. Let us pray. Oh God, we know that you come to us Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see that, that we are never, never alone. You are always here with us. But God, I know, I know sometimes it is easy for me to, to look inward and to see the mess, the pain, the worry, the anxiety, 
and I'm not discrediting any of that. But Lord, when we are, are, are buried in ourselves, we fail to see, fail to hear you say, comfort, comfort my people. Or as Jesus says in Matthew, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Help us to see that rest, and then help us to extend that rest to our neighbors so that they may become a follower of your way and move towards life everlasting because of the baby that was born in Bethlehem for each and every one of us. We lift this prayer up to you. In the name of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, and in the great power of Jesus our Lord. Amen.